Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Richard, also known as The Awakening with Dawn, and this is the Wake Up to Real Love podcast, where we share stories of struggles and triumphs and love, sex, and relationships, along with expert advice to create more conscious connections. I am super honored today. Um, I have my new friend and colleague, That's Matthew right. Curran, with me. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Dawn. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, and I'm super excited to talk to you because you are a powerhouse. No, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so You're much. You're a powerhouse with a with a really big and beautiful heart. Yeah, well, I appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, again, I think it's about you know working with others, lifting others up, and you know what we can do to help each other, you know, and, and ourselves, but help each other through troubling times or our good times, and and just you know, it, it's something that's on my heart. You know, that I really love to help people. So. Yeah, which is why we stayed on the on the call and the uh, the other night an hour and a half after it ended yeah that's right we kept going we kept talking for sure so that was a lot of fun until about okay. 11 30 at night i know <laughs> um okay so i wanted to ask you that sweet baby on your facebook page made me cry oh. <laughs> yeah that sweet baby and and who was that singing and oh my gosh that yeah. was so touching oh. tell me about that <laughs> So, um, so I did a, a summit a few weeks ago and it was uh, Christians Unite uh, was the summit and we brought just 10 incredible people with 10 incredible stories uh, onto this podcast. And one of the speakers uh, was a lady named Eva and Eva has just an incredible story um, of things that she went through as a, a young lady and, um, you know, now she moves forward and she puts what she went through and she helps people. She's part of some nonprofits down in Florida. Um, but that was Eva and she was singing to her baby. Um, and she was basically singing, you know, a hymn and, and, oh my gosh, the baby just, uh, you know, it turns from laughing and, uh, to this serious face and, uh, and tears in the baby's eyes and, you know, crying and it's, you know, you know, Eva wrote in the post, but you really feel it, you know, and the Holy Spirit moves you, it moves you. And I think, every, you know, about everybody's felt moved before. And, you know, here's this little baby, probably a couple of months old mm -hmm. and just go from her, you know, the baby's mom singing uh, to it, it, you know, starts crying. It's beautiful. Well, because she was basically singing, you're worthy, you're special, yeah, you're I love you so much. And, and I mean, even thinking about it, I start getting a little emotional. It's like, yeah. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful gift. And I'm sure she was singing, you know, like smiling and really sweet. And it just, I mean, the baby just started crying. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. So it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Wow. So when I saw it, when she shared it, I just had to share it because I, I just thought it was incredible. You know? Yeah. So, so sweet. Yeah. So you, I, so obviously you are meeting all sorts of people, um, based on this organization that you created called convene Yes. and we're reconvening today, right? Yeah, that's right. We're <laughs> Which is so funny. I told you the other night, I mean, people just have a, a way of when we get together and we talk and we're going to, you know, do something else. They'll, they'll say just intuitively, they'll say, Hey, can we, when can we reconvene? You know, uh -huh. and I just love it. It's one of my favorite things. Cause it's like a, subliminally put it in their mind, you know, that we need to reconvene. Uh -huh. uh, so that's a wonderful thing. So, t so tell me, tell me what is your mission behind convene and what do you like, what's your vision? Yeah. So I believe we all have a story, 
right? I believe that uh, in life, we've gone through things, both positive and negative, that, that shape who we are, that shape our framework. Uh, an example would be, you know, when I go out and I speak at a conference and I'm talking about a certain subject, I tie it back to real life. I tie it back to my stories, you know, and I think that a lot of people do that. But I think that we learn from each other. You know, we sit around the table or we're sitting here right now and, you know, over a Zoom call and a lot of people are doing Zoom calls. And I say, you know, it's like me saying, hey, Don, and we talked to her. We were doing this before before we started. Don, if you were in this situation, how would you handle it? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you answer me and you talk to me, what's your answer going to be? It's going to be based off your story. It's going to be based off your life experience, you know, and right. some knowledge, but you're going to tie it you know, into your life and, and what you did and whether it be positive or whether it be negative, whether you, you know, had some sadness or whether you overcame something, you're going to say, you know, if I was in that situation, this is how I'd handle it. In fact, this is how I did handle it. So I believe we all have a story and I believe it's important for us to share that story. And it all goes back to uh, a mishap when I lost a good friend in the Marine Corps. You know, I'm a Marine Corps pilot, retired Marine. And, um, I lost a good friend in a 12 second mishap. That was a 12 second human error and it didn't need to happen. I found out a day and a half after this uh, crash um, where we lost three good Marines that if a squad, that a squadron had had a mishap the year and a half prior, mm -hmm. but what they did is they didn't share that mishap from a year and a half prior. They didn't share what happened. And the fix for the helicopter was a six cents fix. You had to unscrew one bolt and screw another one in. But instead, they kept it a secret. They didn't talk about it outside of their squadron. Therefore, that- it, Because it because it was an error and they didn't want to get any like bad press Absolutely. for it? Absolutely, it's, it's an error. So it looks bad on the squadron. It looks, oh. you know, and that, that happens a lot in the military. That happens a lot in, um, not just military, but it happens a lot in corporate. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. Anywhere, yeah. It's it's you do something bad, you're like, okay, in aviation, the kind of- the Let's cover is, it up. Yeah. And in, in the aviation, you and I go on a flight, we get out of the aircraft and I'm like, okay, Dawn, what happened in that aircraft stays in that aircraft, you know, and, and that happens all too often. So I set out on this mission that didn't, uh, didn't, didn't that piss you off? I oh, mean, I'm sure I was sure I would imagine that you had so much rage for losing your friend because of yeah. this. Yeah. Because, of, yeah, because of not sharing the information, you know, because not sharing what uh, it was a sick, it was literally a bolt. It was unscrewing what was called a single toggle switch, uh -huh. screwing in a dual toggle switch. Uh -huh. The crew chiefs could make that change to the aircraft in less than a Two minute. Two seconds, yeah. Less than a minute. They could <clears> go <throat> to the aircraft, unscrew it, screw another one in, and it would have been impossible for uh, what ended up was the causal factor, the red cockpit dome light coming on in the aircraft. And they flew the helicopter right in the water. You know? awful. I'm so it's sorry. Awful. Yeah, so it was the worst night of my life, you know. Um, but yeah, so I kind of set out on a mission from that point on to, you know, at first, and what I did a lot was, you know, to avoid human error, you know, to avoid things happening based off of lessons learned like that, you know, I still do that. I still speak a lot about that. I still talk about a lot about that. But the more, you know, I, I went from being a Marine to being an air medical pilot, uh, something I'm really proud of, 659. Yeah, that's flight. awesome. Yeah, and now I'm the pilot for the Penske NASCAR and Indy team. Ooh, how fun. Uh, yeah, the helicopter pilot. <laughs> in, that, in that process, I would go speak a lot at conferences. And I would be speaking at a hospital, like let's say. And um, 
I'd be speaking to nurses, paramedics, doctors, you name it, people in there. And people would come up to me afterwards and they would say, hey, Matt, I know you were just talking to me about time critical decision making, how we make decisions, flying a helicopter in the ER. But can I talk to you about my marriage? Can I talk to you about my relationship? Can I talk to you about parenting? People always wanted to talk to me about things outside of time critical decision making. You're yeah. like, I'm not a therapist. <laughs> yeah. So, so I <laughs> went and got my degree in counseling. <laughs> 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 Which I find quite fascinating. I said like a helicopter pilot and a therapist that just like yeah. doesn't mesh to me, but somehow you pull it off. I guess yeah. probably because of your EN. We're talking about Myers Briggs, yeah. you know, that that yeah. extroverted feeler. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, that's it. That is my personality. You know, if you go back to college, I found it, I played baseball and I'm always you know, just messing with the baseball here, but I played baseball back in, in college. And I literally got, there was one, when I got signed my contract with the Marine Corps, this is true. I think back on, and it's like, I always thought, you know, to be a pilot, everybody used to say, you got to get a math degree, engineering degree, whatever. Uh-huh. Well, I had to graduate on time because I signed my contract with the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. There was one major, I sat with a counselor for hours. There was one major on the campus that I could get a degree in timing. What? And that was a psychology degree. That was the only one we could put on the schedule. Yeah, with baseball and everything. So I got a, I, I left, you know, the joke used to be I got a degree in psychology, but I would say I really majored in the Marine Corps. That was what I, <laughs> I majored right. in the Marine Corps because I was going to be a pilot. But it played perfect, you know, because in military aviation, believe it or not, uh, as a helicopter pilot, you're working with a crew. Right. So there's a lot of communication that has to go on, a lot of team communications. And you, you really need to know who you're working with. You need to know, we were talking about this before. Yeah. You need to know personalities. You need to know what makes people tick, you know, how you can work together in a crew, how you can have that positive communication. Because it only takes one second to do, you know, have some poor communication and get into a situation where you can get into a mishap. It's, mm-hmm. you know, aviation can be dangerous, you know. And what did, yeah. what did you learn about communicating and relationships growing up in your family? Ah, so I had a, I had a wonderful uh, parent, wonderful experience. Uh, parents really, you know, loved each other. Uh, very, um, I'd say very touchy-feely, very caring, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, really wonderful. Um, siblings? Siblings. I had two older brothers, uh-huh. you know, uh, two other brothers that were, uh, again, real positive. Very competitive family. Uh, it's a bunch of boys. What do you expect? (laughs) Yeah. A bunch of boys. So we are very competitive, uh, challenged each other a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, All went on to play college sports. My middle brother was really the best. He was an incredible baseball player. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, so so I was lucky I was the youngest, uh, which is funny because, you know, I'll be honest now, it's not, it's not quite the same as far as, you know, how, how my family is, how they communicate, who they are. It's really is what I remember growing up was very positive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right now I have a brother, older brother who struggles uh, with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, uh, you know, parents who unfortunately struggle with uh, addiction, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the family counselor. I'm the one that gets called. I'm the one who is constantly, you know, working, working amongst these four. Were, <laughs> were, you the peacema- were you the peacemaker growing up? I was. Yeah, I was the youngest and I was the peacemaker. Yeah, I was always the peacemaker. I was always the, the communicator, you know. Um, and so that's who I was, you know. Like the mediator between everybody. Yeah, yeah the mediator. So uh-huh. still am. You know, I still am. 
but but when I was growing up, there was none of that. I mean, it was literally that was. I mean, it was never not really that bad that I saw. Uh, uh-huh. And I just think it's since everybody's gotten older, you know, it's kind of become to that. But it, you know, that's part of who makes me who I am. You right. know, right. it is it is what it is, and uh, you know, that's part of part of life, right? And and so, how do you learn to love and accept everybody as they are? Yeah. Well, we talked about this before too. I'm 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 a real big believer that you uh, you have to know who uh, personalities. You have to know uh, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different personality. You know, where God when He put us on this earth, He didn't. We didn't come through the cookie cutter. Right? <laughs> We're not all the same. Right? We broke you know. the mold after you, Matt. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but we're not all the same, you know, and, um, I think when you talk relationships, whether that be with your parents, whether that be with your siblings, whether that be with your spouse or with your kids, or if it's somebody you're coaching or teaching or, uh, whatever it might be, it's, it's incumbent on you to learn who that person is, learn who that person's personality is, you know, uh, because again, we talked about this before, you know, the golden rule and the platinum rule. You know, yeah. can, uh, can you, can you tell the listeners yeah. what's the difference? Cause I'd never heard of the platinum, platinum I mean, rule either. So, so the golden rule basically is obviously is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Very important. Treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. Now the misnomer in that is, you know, Don, you and I are different people. So yes, I want to treat you with love and respect as a human, mm-hmm. uh, treat you, you know, how you need to be treated. Uh, however, you're not the same as me. So I need to know who you are and meet you where you are, right? So I, I, the platinum rule is you take it a step further. Treat Dawn the way she needs to be treated, you know, and hopefully in, in kind you'll treat me with the same, you know, respect and, and kindness, you know. So, so why, why do you think that we have such a hard time um, doing that? You know, I think people, um, one, I think people look inward too much. I think people really just focus on themselves. They don't take the time to look as people look at people with individuals. Uh, I don't think they take the time to get to know what makes that other person tick. Right. We talked about this a little bit, you know, the other night and I, I told the story of, you know, in 2001, I'm steaming to Afghanistan. We're going to Afghanistan, right? We're it's, it's 2001. I'm in Afghanistan in November, 2001. Uh, we read two books on the way. You, here you go. You got a bunch of Marines going to war. We are going to fight Al Qaeda and the Taliban. We are going to war. We read two books on the way there, right? One is the five love languages and the other one is the notebook, right? And this is a bunch of Marines. <laughs> and I, and I said, I said, all of you Marines on the, on the ship were like, Shh, don't tell anybody that this is what we're reading. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fight it. We're going to war. Literally. I mean, that's so funny. We're going to war. And Dr. Gary Chapman goes to the church that, that I go to here, but uh, we're going to war. And those, those, that's the two books that we read. You who know, picked why? Those out? who picked those out, Matt? You did. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, I got it sent to me. And, You're and very I just, in touch with your feminine yeah. side. Well, and, uh, it's, it's, you know what? My mom sent it to me, if I'm oh, being honest. She sent me the, the uh, not the five love languages. Uh, if I'm being honest about that, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about that. You know, my marriage, my wife and myself, you know, we were, we. Struggling, uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't that we were struggling because we loved each other, but we just didn't know who each other was, you know, uh, you know, at the time we did and we didn't, right? I, 
you know, again, in the whole mode of who I am, you know, if you go to the five love languages, I'm physical touch. Well, obviously, if I'm physical touch, she should be physical touch. That's just how it works, right? Uh, well, no, that's not how it works because it took me reading this book. You know, I can never understand why she would get mad at me if the kitchen wasn't clean or, you know, if things weren't in order. Well, she's acts of services. That's who she is, mm -hmm. right? So until I realized we would argue, we would fight, you know, uh, and I never could understand. I'm like, well, what's the big deal? That, you know, so the kitchen's not clean, you know? Because um, well, it drives me crazy. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And so look, so um, uh, yeah, so uh, this book, you know, I think we, I was, you know, trying to make sure things were right and uh, got the book. Um, actually, somebody in the Marine Corps gave it to me is what happened. And so my wife read it. I read it. And uh yeah. And I, that was actually on the ship. That was my second time reading it, to be honest. So I had read it before I was reading it again. Um, and then my mom sends me the notebook, you know, why I have no idea. Uh, but she sends me the notebook. And so I want to know how, I want to know how all the other platoon members, how your company, yeah. like how, yeah. how that impacted them. Well, it, it was really interesting because, um, one of my best friends in the world. In fact, I was on the phone with him this week, you know, and we get on the phone. He lives in Bandera, Texas. So you got to thank you. This was guy was a uh, Cobra attack helicopter pilot. He's one of my roommates and, uh, you know, big strong. He calls him, a, you know, himself a Texas hillbilly, right? Uh -huh. His idea of fun was to go out. I would see him when we lived in base housing on the military base. I would see him walk by with that uh, big axe in his hand. And he would be walking and he would go in the woods. So you think of CrossFit before CrossFit, you know, he was going in the woods and his idea of fun was chopping down trees. You know, he would go in there and just take trees and work out. That's, that's what, that's what his parents yeah. told him when he was being punished. <laughs> like, go have some fun. Go have some fun. Go chop down a tree. So, you know, here you go. You got this guy, uh, one of my best friends in the world. And he is, you know, he's thinking about, you know, why are, are me and my wife not meeting right? And so mm -hmm. he, he was the, I remember it was my room that read it first and then past that, it just started going. And, and you know what? I think part of it was we were going to combat. That, that was such an uncertain time, you know, oh, in our sure. country, in our world. That and the majority of us in, in our squadron were married. And so I think that that's why it really kind of passed around because you are thinking about what if I don't come back? You know, what if I, you know, you are thinking about your spouse and, you know, um, that, I think that's really why it got passed around and everybody was reading these real soft, sappy books, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. and the five love language is not sappy, but you know, the notebook is good Lord, you know? Oh yeah. I cried. <laughs> I was like, I want that man in my life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, but you know, that's what we did. And, uh, and then we went into Afghanistan and fought the war, you know, but it's a joke amongst us. I, all. I honor all of you people in the service. Yeah, my, my dad was in the service too. And, uh, it's a job that I would never want. Yeah, and yeah. so I really commend, you know, everyone, you and everyone else that serves our country to help yeah. keep us free. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, yeah, it's something I'm very proud of, you know, to this day, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. That is, there's, there's nothing truer for somebody who is a Marine, you know, you're not an ex Marine. You're always a Marine. You're always and, a Marine. Yeah, you're yeah. always a Marine. And so, uh, something I'm very proud of, uh, for sure. Yeah. That's what my mother-in-law said too. Uh, yeah. She was like, once a Marine, always a Marine. That is true. 10 hut. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, for, sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, so how so how does this uh, this golden rule? Because you, it's funny when you said, I think the platinum rule, because we're we're so focused on ourselves, but it's it's almost Matt. It's almost in an unconscious way. It's like we see our own worldview. Yes. But we still don't go inside ourselves. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, you know, this is what you're talking about, really exploring other people, um, you know, being curious and asking them questions about their worldview and their perspective and what's meaningful to them. Yeah. And this is, this is, these are the things that create true intimacy when you yeah. can, when you can meet your partner or your friend or your colleague or a person on the street when you meet them, then you, um, it, it helps you like eliminate the, the differences and yep. really find this sense of commonality. I mean, I, I saw, um, I saw your interview with Patty and, uh, Safira. I just, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think I watched like the th first 30 or 40 minutes of it, but she was, uh, you were talking about how people just come up to you and you start talking to them. Yep. And she asked you, how do you feel when they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember what your response oh, yeah. was? Yeah, it feels good, right? When you're helping people, it feels good. You know, when there's a positive energy there, uh -huh. there's also a bad side of that too. When somebody, when there's a negative energy, you know, and when you, um, when somebody's just sucking you dry, you know, and, and as counselors, you feel that sometimes, right? People. Where, where do you, where do you feel it? Oh, I, well, in, in the heart area, you know, this area here, when I'm, uh, you know, helping somebody, it feels good. When it gets up here, you know, when it's a negative energy, it kind of pulls at the head. But you can, I, was, I went on and carried on that conversation with uh, some people after that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It, it can feel like you've run a marathon, mm -hmm. right? It can feel like when, when you get it sucked dry, you know, and you, everybody's been around that person. That just, you get, you talk to them and you're like, oh my God. I'm exhausted, right? You know, uh, so there's that. I, I I usually feel it like somebody's pushing on my chest, and it goes like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know I feel exhausted when somebody you know when somebody just pull pulls out of you. It just can be exhausting, you know. And but they uh, probably don't realize it, Matt. No, it's a, it's some of its personalities, right? Uh -huh. And I'm the type of person I'll pour into everybody because I think I can help make a difference in people, right? Uh -huh. Um. And I think it's important that you do. Important. I'll give you an example. We talked about this earlier, and I think that I want to touch on this because I, I, I love that when you were talking earlier, you said your kids played, you know, soccer. So I, my son just got done playing college soccer last year, and my daughter coaches. Um, my daughter uh, plays soccer, not coach. My daughter plays high school soccer now and, and travel soccer as well. Um, I coach high school soccer, so I'm a, um, a, a JV coach at a high school. One of the million things that you do. <laughs> yeah. But, but I want to tell a story about why I think it's so important. And I, and I think a lot of coaches don't get this. I think it's something that, that not just coaches, but people who coaches, people, teachers. Period. So here's a story. So we were playing, we were playing a game a number of years ago. I had a group of U12, 12 year old girls, and we were playing in a pretty big game because we were uh, the team that we were playing the team that was higher than us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so as a coach, you know, I knew a lot of these girls felt like they had been wronged by being put on, down on my team. Uh -huh. So they were pretty motivated going into this game. 
And so we came out, we were just, it was, the score was three to one, right? So we were winning, uh, but they were pressing, they were pressing pretty hard. And I had this girl uh, still to this day. I mean, she's like my, one of my, my daughters, but um, so her name was Kinsey. And so Mark, her dad was one of my better friends. And so, but they had another daughter who was playing a soccer game at another field. So Mark was talking to his wife, Denise. All right. So we're set up here. So we're, you know, there's about five, six minutes left in the game. And uh, Kenzie's the best goalie that we have. Hates goalie, right? Hates, just does not, you know, at that age, nobody, you don't have a goalie. Yeah, so yeah. Play goalie, but she was, she was a really good goalie. So um, Mark's talking to Denise and he goes, oh no, Matt's taking Kenzie off the field. And uh, he knew it was coming. And so he's like, oh gosh. And he, and so Kenzie comes over and I'm like, hey, Kenzie. I need you to play goalie. And she goes, coach Matt, don't put me in goalie. And her head just drops. And she's like, you know, I don't like goalie. Please don't put me in goalie. And I was like, Kenzie, I was like, and I meant it too. I was like, Kenzie, you are the best goalie that we have on this team. I'm like, I have, we have, do you want, I was like, I know we want to win this game. Cause we all are, we've talked about it. Y'all want to prove that y'all should be, you know, who you are and be on the higher team. I'm like, so you're the best we've gotten. And so Denise is on the phone and she goes, Oh my God, he's no, he's not going to put Kenzie in the goal. And these were the words that Mark said to her. Mark goes, Oh no, it's okay. I can tell by the way she's running on the field. Right. And so she went in and she made like three of the most amazing stops. Oh, that must have been so exciting. And so it was so exciting. And we scored one more. So we ended up winning four to one, but she literally made the most amazing stops. But the point that I'm making was, is I knew what kind of person Kenzie was. And I knew that I had to lift her up as a person and give her that support that she needed to go onto the field. Now there's other players that you got to kick them in the butt and you got to get on them and you got to challenge them. That wasn't Kenzie. Kenzie needed to be, you're good. You can do it. But that's life, you know, and I think all, all too often people don't get to know the people in their life. They only think about themselves. So back to your point earlier, they don't. Like, so how do we? So how do we learn to accept our differences and really treat the other person the way that they need to be treated? So say for instance, you're the kind of person that um, you know needs his butt kicked, and I'm the kind of, or vice versa. I'm the person that needs my butt kicked, and you're the <laughs> one that needs you know nurturing and and encouragement. So if I'm the one that I know that I need my butt kicked. Mm-hmm. then that's how I tend to treat you, right? Because that's what's motivating to me exactly. and, vice, and vice versa. But how do we learn to honor what's right for the other person when it's not in our comfort zone? Because I think this is, I think this is where people, um, I think this is where people struggle because yeah. I don't know how to deal with you because I'm me. Yeah. First, listen, sit back and listen. and Huh? Watch. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sit back and listen and watch and observe and, and, and see what your per and educate yourself. Right. It took me reading that book to sit back and go, you know what? That's very simple. The five love language one of five and I can put my wife and I can put my kids into a category, mm-hmm. but I also put my players into a category too when I'm coaching. Right. I know what each of them likes, but I have to sit back and observe and talk and communicate with them to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. I have to ask those questions and, and find out who they are, right? 
And then I also have to understand that, like, for example, if my wife, you know, because I am the touchy-feely guy um, and, and physical touch is my thing, but if I want that, you know, physical touch in re return, then don't I need to make her happy? Well, what makes her happy is acts of service, keeping the house clean, little simple things. If she comes into the house, for example, for keeping example, the house clean is not little and simple <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but, but that's you, right? That we yeah. talked about that early, but, but for her, like I'll give you an example, like my wife and my daughter, this is one of the worst things I can do. My wife and my daughter go this weekend to a birthday party at a mountain house in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. The worst thing I can do is to let her come back in the house to a messed up yes. house. Yeah. So it doesn't take me that long to straighten up, even if I wait till the last 30 minutes, right? Just press, get to get my mind. For, okay. You're on the way home. I'm clean. On the baseball field. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get your mind. And, and, and so I know when she walks into the house is to have stuff in order. Very simple. It's very simple. No matter what I'm doing, stop, get things in order, because if not, it can throw her in our relationship in chaos. Mm -hmm. Just as in return, if I want to hold her hand or I want to hug her, or I want to kiss her. And if she doesn't respond in kind, then that's frustrating to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's learning to listen and just know who that person is. And, and we can talk. We were talking before about disc and we were talking, you know, Myers-Briggs and all that. There's so many different personality things. Just get to know your people. Know what makes them tick. And I think, again, all too often we don't do that. We don't take the time to listen and to really know what make our, makes others tick. Because why? Because we, maybe because we haven't even figured ourselves out. That's part of it. Yeah, if you don't know who you are, how can you know uh, what others are? Mm -hmm. Especially in a, you know, in a, in a male world, uh, the male side of the house. I mean, that, that's touchy-feely, right? Why, you know, I, that's not what a male does. Well, guess what? You entered into that relationship. You entered into that marriage, mm -hmm. right? You entered into it for a reason. Mm -hmm. and, and we could talk about the different phases of a relationship, the honeymoon phase and all the stuff that's going on. But guess what? Once you, you're in that relationship, you're married, you know, you have to figure out who that person is that you're married to, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, but we well, don't yeah. And I, and I think we talked a little bit about this before too, that I, I really have this strong opinion that, you know, whoever we're in relationship with, they trigger us, you know, yeah. we trigger yeah. them and they trigger us from time to time. And sometimes more often than not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, they're, they're basically all opportunities for us to examine, um, you know, what did this remind me of? Like where am I, maybe I'm feeling some fear or some anxiety around something. And maybe it's reminding me of a situation that happened in the past yeah. or, um, or maybe I'm feeling like disconnected or abandoned. And why am I feeling that? And, and yet instead of like slowing down and being connected to your body, because you, you and Patty and Safira talked about that too. It's like yeah. this mind, body, spirit. It's one, it's one system right? And we tend, we tend to separate these systems and act like they're different entities. Yeah. And so we disconnect from our body. We disconnect from our heart. We yep. disconnect from our mind. 
And um, then we sort of run on this like autopilot, autopilot, ha ha, (laughs) (laughs) autopilot system um, where we're unaware and we're not really conscious about what's going on inside of us. And so then that affects the way that we're able to be a witness to somebody else. Yeah. No, I I think you're so right. You know, you know, if we don't know what what's going on with us and we're not in control of what's happening with us, how do we help others? How do we lift others up? How do we know what others needs are? We can't even answer our own mind, body, spirit, our own emotional, physical, you know, needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, How can we help others? Right. Yeah. It's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to do that. And I think another thing that you're dealing with so much today, especially on the younger generation and and then on kids is they don't, uh, you know, the communication piece, you know, we lose the communication piece, right? Uh, Because we don't talk like we used to talk. We don't get to know people like, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) And it can be, it can be so misconstrued, you know? Whether, you know, this is better, you know, it would be better if we were sitting in the same room, right? Right. But this is at least better than just shooting you a text. Right. You know? And so often we don't, we lose that, you know? It's like you miss the nuances of the, of the conversation, of the tone, of the body language, of the. So you're talking about Patty and, and, and I love Patty to death. And we just did a, um, a book review with that, but we talked about two words in the book review we talked about the word why. And so when I was getting I, earlier on in school, but then when I was getting my master's degree, we had to pick out a word and we had to write a, um, a paper about a word. And I wrote about why, mm-hmm. because why can be looked at in so many different ways. We can talk about what is your why, you know, um, and that's a positive thing. You can think, okay, well, this is my why, right? But I can also come out and say, Dawn, why did you do that? And so in communication, why is a word that can be taken so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, studies show that if I, if I say, why did you do that? What happens to you in your body language? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You automatically go on defensive, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, studies show you'll turn, you'll get defensive, you'll shut off. So, so again, it's, it's, it's like, like a, it's like accusatory. No, why? It's accusatory. Excuse uh-huh. me. Why? Um, and so, but that's the point. The point is, is, is so often in, in these things right here, we can, we can talk, communicate, and that communication could be lost because you read it, you know, and, and you're not getting the inflection in my voice. You're not getting the, the eye contact, you know, and I could say why, or for example, and, you know, you take it like, why is he asking me that? Or, you know, it could be a positive thing, you know? It so, could yeah. be. I mean, I, I, because I'm a huge question person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I drove my parents crazy, which yeah. is, I mean, I, I always laugh and say, trust me, I was like this long before I became a therapist. You know, yeah. I'm, at, I'm like shooting all these questions. They're like, dang, you ask a lot of questions. I was like, yeah. that's why I became a therapist. Not yeah. I became a therapist and then I started doing that. Yeah. But I, I feel like this why is, is this curiosity, like help me understand. And so maybe, so maybe yeah. that's sort of a better way to approach it. Not like why blah, 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 accusing, yeah. but I'm not understanding, you know, I, yeah. I don't see your perspective. So can you please help, help me understand? Yeah. Because this is, this is what true intimacy is right into me. See, yeah. so unless you're asking me or I'm telling you what's going on inside of me. We're just 
talking. Yeah. We're not connecting. Yeah. And and I think that I think that people want to feel connected. You know, it's that yeah. it's that sense of belonging. It's that sense of uh, you matter or I matter or um, you know I'm worthy of your attention in this moment. Yeah, Absolutely. as opposed to just being ignored or neglected or pushed away or whatever. You know, it's like we all want to be seen and heard and Absolutely. understood. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's just it. You want to be seen, heard and understood. And so again, that's a two way street, you yeah. know, it's a two way street and that's what gets lost in the translation sometimes is that, you know, you talk a relationship, you know, is two people or multiple people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just understanding and taking the time to listen to who that person is, mm-hmm. you know, listen and understand who that person is. We're not all the same. Mm-hmm. No. Again, there's not one mold that we all get come out of. And, yeah, and I, I think um, because this was an issue with my ex and I, he would say, well, if it's important enough to you, you'll just tell me. Yeah. And I'll say, well, if it's important to you, then you'll ask me. <laughs> because otherwise I feel like you don't really care. Like yeah. you're not asking why. Mm-hmm. You're just like overlooking and, you know, diverting your attention another way. And it's like we all, you know, this... I, I think this part of intimacy is also just a real presence. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're with somebody and you feel their energy and, yeah. and you're, it's this, it's this equal exchange of energy, you know, sure. where, where I'm giving myself, my heart um, mm-hmm. to you and you're doing the same in return. So when you were talking about some people suck your energy and some people give your energy, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like when it's a mutual exchange, you oh, can yeah. go for hours, days, you know weeks, months, yeah, years. Absolutely. And you know it when you walk away from those positive exchanges, you're, you feel good. Yeah. You feel energized. You feel like you've accomplished something. You feel motivated. When yeah. you walk away from those negative exchanges, it's like, Oh my God, that was horrible. That was hard, you know, and you're tired and you, it's just brutal. You know, so that energy that you give people, it's very important. It's very important, you know, and giving people focus, right? I can sit there and we could be sitting at a, a restaurant and I could be going like this and looking, you know, at my phone. Am I paying attention to you? How does that make you feel? Yeah. Ignore it. Like yeah, ignore Unimportant. Right? Unimportant, you know, so um, I'll give you an example. Last night, it's, you know, I was laying there with my wife and she was talking. All right. And uh, we, uh, we were both looking at our phones, you know, and I just, I put it down. So when she was talking to me, I wasn't distracted. Listen to her. Cause if not, I'll just continue to scroll and look at things. And that's, that's, you know, she, you know, she had things she wanted to say, you know? So yeah, we we're so busy in life. We're so um, crazy. And I, I'll give you another example too. this. And you have kids, right? Yeah. Social media. It's crazy for kids. I have, I have talks. Social media is such a catch 22 for mm-hmm. parents, right? Great, great things about it and not so great things about it. Such a catch 22. So we sat down at my, uh, at the dinner table one time myself, I have a son, Brayden, 23, Megan's 20 and Lainey is uh, 16. This was probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we're all sitting there and, and we set their phones over there. Well, you know, we sat there for about an hour and ate and talked and all that. At the end of that, Megan, Brayden had maybe four Snapchats right? Or Snapchats. 
Megan had, I think, like 13 Snapchats. Laney had 80 Snapchats. Oh, my right? gosh. 80. Wow. And so, but okay, so there's a catch-22, right? So for younger kids, if they don't respond to these chat Snapchats, if they leave people on open, right? Yeah, then they're then they're looked at. Oh, she's ignoring me. She's not my friend. She doesn't give me a positive, right? Um, so it it can be overwhelming. She had soccer practice one time, and I sat and her phone was in the car, and it was like bzz, 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 it just kept going off. Mm -hmm. She got into the car and she looked at her phone. She goes, "This is exhausting," you know, because she felt like she had to respond to all of, them, mm -hmm. you know. So it's that catch 22. The flip side of that, you have parents out there that say, I'm not going to let my kid have a phone. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to keep them safe. I'm going to keep them away. I'm going to keep them in this social media away from this bubble. Till they're 21. Yeah. Till they're <laughs> 21. Right. So what's the catch 22 about that? The catch 22 about that just happened to my nephew last year. He was the last person in his peer group to get a phone he was at the end of his ninth grade year whoa end of his ninth grade year so he was bullied he was picked yeah, on yeah. he was he was you know oh you can't afford a phone you can't whatever so this this catch 22 you think you're protecting your child but you're really getting him picked on so i don't know what the right answer is i mean you have to find the balance with you and your family mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Again. and try to and try to teach your kids. I mean, this is this is something I've talked to my kids about too. It's like, you know, especially during this time, they're like, "Mom, can you go back to work? Like, you're around too much, right?" <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I, but I said, you know, can you guys just talk to me? They're like, "Well, you know, you've known me for 19 years. I don't need to do idle chit chat while I'm yeah. going to get a drink of water or going to get some food or something." It's like if it's important enough, then I'll come talk to you. Yeah. Um, but I get, you know, I guess I, I just, and I said, I said to my 19 year old, I was like, yeah, but you talk to your friends all the time. And he said, well, that's the point. And he's like, I'm, you know, we're constantly communicating with them. So yeah. when we don't, it's like, we want a break. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you, mom. <laughs> and it's not with you, mom. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I will get to you when we get to you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? What do you, what do you think is the, um, is the greatest lesson to teach your kids? Ah, that's a great question. Um, one, uh, I and, think, and, and I, and I want to relate it to you and your wife too, you know, yeah. like, does, does she have a different version of this answer? No, I think she has the same version. Um, I think my wife and I are a hundred percent in alignment, uh, when it comes to this and, and it really, it, we really talked to, and I think my dad did, a, and my mom, my dad and my mom did a great job of putting these values into me growing up. And again, it goes back to, I, I go back to the golden rule, right? I go back to you treat people how you want to be treated, mm -hmm. right? You can take it a step further, like we talked about earlier, but especially at times that we're in right now, treat people how you want to be treated, right? Um, and I think that's so important, you know, uh, with your kids is to teach them values to really kind of, uh, you know, pour into others, listen to others, lift others up. But if you wouldn't like it, don't do it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's really it. If you wouldn't like it and if it hurts your feelings and it makes you feel bad, then you should not do it to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because I think 
off too often in life, you know, we are, uh, we don't even think twice about hurting people, you know? Um, and that's a shame, you know, that's a shame that you would not put others before you and lift others up. And I, so I think that's really the biggest message with my kids. Uh, and I think, uh, we've been pretty good about that, uh, in the process. I think as a parent, you want to protect your kids, but we've all seen our kids feelings hurt, mm-hmm. right? We've all seen our kids feelings hurt. And so I think there's always an opportunity for a lesson learned, right? And part of that lesson learned is you didn't like that, did you? Mm-hmm. Well, if you didn't like it, make sure you don't do it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Cause it's very easy, especially when you're young to lash out at other people or to do uh, things to other people. Well, Just and that's, that's what happens in marriages too, right? In couple marriage. relationships, you know, you take your, you take your communication for granted or you take your connection for granted. And you, you know, this, this was one of the reasons why I chose to get divorced. You know, mm-hmm. sadly, I mean, I loved the man a lot, um, but, you know, he wasn't treating me in the way that I deserved to be treated. And this yeah. was something that I wanted to teach my kids. Like, uh, because a lot of times, you know, the music, some of the music they listen to, I'm like, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm really laid back and lax. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I listen to a lot of stuff that they listen to, but there are some things that just cross a line where I go, yeah. that's just not okay, <laughs> you know? And they're like, it's just words, mom. Well, words carry an energy, yeah, yeah. right? And your actions carry an energy. Yeah. So if, if it is contributing in, in a positive sort of meaningful yeah. way for you, then by all means, go for it. But if it's not... You know, and, and this, you know, this is what we were talking a little bit about the riots and stuff, you know, over the last week and a half, it's like, these, these are not the ways that you resolve problems, you know, and, and even by being unaware, unaware of what's going on for you, like, where are your blinders? Where are your blind spots? what kind of things are you doing that um, contribute to these feelings of separation and fear? And so in, in all aspects of our lives, we constantly have to turn back into ourselves and say, why? Yeah. Why? Why? What, what, what do I help me understand? Yeah. Again, I think that's a great thing that my father did for me uh, and the values that he instilled into me as you, again, I go back to it. I, I, it just revolves around to me. You treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Uh, we're all children of God. That's just the way I look at it. So I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you are. I'm going to treat you how I want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully I get the same respect back to you because I'm giving you that respect. And I think you see that. Well, and what, what about if people are hurting you? Because I think this, you know, I think this is a big part of a lot of these issues. It's like, well, you're hurting me. So I, I'm going to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a tough situation. Uh, It is a tough situation because people are fighting back right now. You know, people are really hurting and people are really hurting. So I I will tell you this. I, um, you know, I was mowing the grass this weekend. Right. And, and so the name of my business that it has been my business for since six years now, mm-hmm. right? Since, well, 2014 is when I became this is uh, convene communities, convene, mm-hmm. 
right? And so I, and I was mowing the grass this weekend. I literally could not stop thinking this. It was like pouring into me. And it was like, convene, bring people together, right? Um, and, and, and it was like, I, I think I can't remember if I told you this story the other day, but I got to go to Israel last year. Uh, when I was in Israel, I was, um, you know, at the Western wall and, uh, you write a prayer when you go to the Western wall and you, and you put the prayer inside of the wall and, uh, you say your prayer. Uh, and I basically prayed for my, my wife. I prayed for my marriage. I prayed for my kids, my family. And then I prayed for, I said, you know, allow convene to do your will, God. Um, Cause that's really what it's about. And so the whole weekend when I was mowing my grass, you know, you can think what it is, but I had this overwhelming feeling of, you know, Hey, you have convene, get out there and do your job, you know, <laughs> bring people together. And that's, you know, that's really what we should be trying to do right now is find a way, even if people are hurt to bring people together. I was on a great call with a guy today. Um, and it's a, it's the first of many, we're going to get back together this, uh, this week, just a great, uh, guy who was in the military, uh, you know, a black guy out there. And he, he said, look, it's the 80, 20 role, 80% of us, we're all in, in the middle. We're going together and we get along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's 10% on each side. And it's so funny. Cause I think the same thing, there's 10% on each side that are, you know, very unhappy and, and cause the issues and, and, right. and brings issues about, but there's really 80% of us are good people. And, yeah. and care about each other. Yeah. And so the, and so we were talking about it today and it was like, you know, now we need to come together. We need to come together and treat people how they need to be treated and, and show that we can, you know, collaborate, do collaborate, problem solve. Yeah, problem solve, collaborate and help each other and help each other. That's, that's what I believe. I mean, I, you know, I believe again, lift each other up, yeah. you know, lift yeah. each other up. Yeah. You know, all walks of life. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask you because I want to be conscientious of your time. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the last question that I ask people um, and you can come, feel free to come back because I know we can talk for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can sit here and keep going. Unfortunately, you know, I'm on the, like we were saying, I'm on uh, multiple boards for um, some nonprofits and I have a, of a board meeting coming up here for joint task force 22 to zero, which has to do with the world we live in, you know, 22 to zero. I think most people know 22 to zero is, you know, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. Right. So wow. um, 22 to zero is, is the mission of this nonprofit. And I, I think it's great. They work for uh, vet with veterans and first responders, but not to get off on tangent, but uh, yeah, I'm ready. Ask me the question. Here okay. we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the, so the question that I like to ask all my guests, because my podcast is called wake up to real love mm -hmm. is, is how do you define real love? Ah, well, that's a great question. You know, I, I, again, I'll go back. How do I define real love? I, I, I define it as a mutual respect, um, where you are pouring into your person that whoever that person is that you love, um, it can be your spouse, it can be your kids, it can be friends, it can be whatever, but you're pouring into them equally, if not more than what they're pouring into you. So you are like with my wife, I think, you know, we have come to a place and it's transitional. 
you move through marriages, you move through relationships through different stages. Different seasons, yep. Different seasons, different stages, but you learn to understand and meet that person where they are. You learn who they are. Uh, the meeting the person where they are is really important, right? Because we're all different people. And I think we don't think about that enough. Um, but, you know, with my wife, you know, I, I, uh, I love her. I respect her. Uh, when, I, when I see her, I, I still get that feeling. Um, and, and it's just how it is, you know, and that's how it should be, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that you can get to know other people if you don't know yourself? No. Um, I, well, I think you can, but I don't think in a genuine way. I think mm-hmm. you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I truly think you have to know who you are to get to know others. Uh-huh. Because when you get to know who you are and you have that self-respect for who you are as a person, you can relax and, and allow people in. And just have, be yourself. And just be yourself and have the confidence in yourself, right? Um, if you can get to know who you are, have the confidence in yourself, respect yourself, then you can turn around and give the same in kind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. You have to get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, that, that, that changes, you know, day to day. You know, I, I yeah. mean, you have it, but you still have to, you know, you have good days, you have bad days, you know. Well, and um, we're constantly evolving and growing and being challenged evolving. and, absolutely, you know, different experiences happen outside of ourselves. And so we have to figure out how to bring meaning yeah, to absolutely. it, you know, and, and just like um, your friend that died in this helicopter, like it has changed the trajectory of your life. Dynamically changed it. Right. And so, and so your um, foundation that you're getting ready to go to is a big portion of how you're using your pain to help serve and bless others. Absolutely. And when I start every speaking event, I talk about the story. That's how I started. Mm -hmm. I I tell the story and I'll connect with you on that. Uh, Unfortunately, I'll make you cry probably because I'll be upset and emotional. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it's connecting to that story. And we all, again, we all might, like we said, we all have a story, right? Yeah. And our story might be different, but it's also interconnected, right? We cross paths um, in our stories, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hard things that people have is they feel alone. Right. They feel like they don't have any hope because they feel like they're walking this they feel like they're walking this path alone. Right. But guess what? You're not walking alone. Right. You're not. There's, there's at least one other person out there who knows exactly what you're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe if a few details are different, but the, the feeling experience mm-hmm. is the same. It is. It is. <clears throat> you know, the, those feelings of sadness and despair and hopelessness and, you know, depression and anxiety and all of those things that we all, um, yep. have to, that we all experience in certain degrees, right? We all experience the forks in the road, the highs and the lows. And that's where it's our job and our duty to pour into others mm-hmm. and, and to say, Hey, I've been there. I've walked where you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the hard things, you know, when you do as a, as a therapist, as a counselor, and you deal with somebody with su- suicidal, you know, tendencies is to say, I, you know, everybody goes through the highs and lows in life, yeah. but you can say, Hey, I've been where you are. Like I've been, I've been, I felt low before. For a long time, for a yeah. long time. Yeah. <clears throat> Where I'm in, I'm now because I have yeah. faith. 
I know myself, I know where I'm going. And I think it's that you pour into people again. And, and that's what yeah. it's, you know, when somebody's down, you know, sometimes it's, it's let them know you can get past this. It's temporary, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's, well, well, and when you're feeling helpless, sometimes it's good to help other people. Absolutely. You know, then that gives you a little sense of hope and, and meaning no and doubt. purpose too, right? There's no doubt. I mean, again, you and I uh, being therapists and all that, I, I would venture to say we get energy, right? We mm -hmm. get, we like to help each other. You don't become a, uh, a counselor unless you want to help others, mm -hmm. right? It's not mm -hmm. just something that you do, but you also get some energy out of helping others, right? Yeah. When you know you've made a difference in somebody's life, when you know you've helped them overcome some anxiety or stress or low time in the life, that's, you get something out of it. Yeah. If you, if you, if you don't feel that way, then you're, you're not, in the wrong field. Not, well, you're in the wrong field and you're not being honest, right? Yeah. 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 No, that, that's why I think your work is so beautiful, Matthew. I mean, we just met, but I am so, um, I'm, I'm so glad that I met you. You know, it was like, thank you. you're, you're the kind of people, you know, that, that, that help lift, you know, help lift up the world yeah. right? by sharing our stories and sharing our struggles that we help raise other people up and give them hope, you know, yeah. to find their own light inside yeah. of themselves. Absolutely. That's, that's so, awesome. yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for being here. How can people um, find out more about you and convene? Yeah. So convenecommunities.com. Uh, that's uh, again, we're looking for people that have a passion about, whatever it is they have a passion about. People come to convene for a ton of different reasons, you know, whether that be personal, whether that be a nonprofit, whether that be a business, whether, you know, it does so much, you know, um, there's people in there come and write anonymous experiences about their battles mm -hmm. with depression, mm -hmm. but there's also people that use it to coach soccer teams, you mm -hmm. know, so it, it really can do anything that you want it to do. It's a very, um, very versatile platform. Um, we're bringing together next week. We're in the planning phases right now. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to have an event in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, next time, this time year, uh, frame, mm -hmm. uh, next year, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be called convene real talk. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be about speakers coming together and speaking about their stories, yeah. you know, and, and talking about what they're doing to lift others up. It's going to be great. Everybody needs to come. It's going to be a wonderful thing. So I hope you, uh, I hope you come, uh, Matthew Curran, dot com uh social media matthew Curran, convene communities you name it i'm on there so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all over the place what a beautiful beautiful platform you're building and uh you know it's a helping resource to help yeah. people in so many different yes. areas in the world so i honor you yeah. for all of <laughs> your service thank you and i appreciate you you know having me on it's it's been fun getting to know you like i said we stayed on you know for an hour and a half the other night after our wellness yeah. summit uh, which was just an amazing thing, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just bringing people together, lifting yeah. people up, you know, and being, swapping stories, Yeah, swapping stories. We all have a story. Right? <laughs> we all have a story that can help others. So yeah, exactly. So listeners, I'm, I'm sure you will love this conversation so much wisdom and insights. Um, and you know, as I always say, the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one that you have with yourself, you know, so that when you fill yourself up, with that love and that respect and that confidence and, um, and expressing your authentic truth, then we can help do the same for yeah. others. So, uh, subscribe, share with all your friends, wake yeah. up to real love. <laughs> That's right. 
and uh, oh. every day, uh, uh, every day, wake up to more real love. And thank you so much, Matthew. I look no, forward to many you. more conversations with you. Yeah. yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's wonderful, making a All difference. Right. All right, thank you. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.